Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination. So pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. It's a size em up Tuesday. Big one. I got the ring on. This was an obvious ring one. Obvious ring size em up game for the Ravens. 27 to 13 victory over the New Orleans Saints. Really, I think the Ravens' most dominant victory since week one over the Jets, especially when you consider all the pieces that were missing. No Mark Andrews, no Gus the Bus, Rashad Bateman done for the season now, and the Ravens still put it together really on both sides of the ball. You know, some missed opportunities on offense, but all in all, a pretty complete effort and a very, very feel-good win over the New Orleans Saints. Oh, this is a definite size them up Monday for, oh, for sure. a, a lot of reasons. Size them up Tuesday, size them up Tuesday, but... Yeah, and the the emails uh, to the lounge at ravens.nfl.net are definitely agreeing with us. Clearly, there's a lot of size about folks that people are booking the hotel rooms this week in Arizona. <laughs> That's how people are spending their bye weekend. They're getting the hotel rooms booked in Arizona. <laughs> non cancellation doesn't matter. Just go ahead and book it. Oh yeah, strict For, cancellation probably doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, hundred percent. You you got to pay hundred percent down. Never get that money back. Doesn't matter. But. <laughs> So the Ravens, I mean, dominant win, uh, controlled the game really from start to finish. Defense looked looked really good. Offense looked good and could have put up even more points. Um, and all of this, despite being shorthanded, you also know reinforcements are on the way with David Ajabo and Tyus Bowser continuing to get back into his his form. And Gus Edwards playing more. And J.K. Dobbins J. J. coming Dobbins. back. Marcus Williams at some point. Marcus Williams at some point. So you know you, you've got some, some more pieces really – critical pieces that you're going to continue adding to the mix. Charlie then, Kohler, Charlie Kohler. Charlie Kohler. Let's then go. on top of that, on top of that, part of the reason it's a size them up Tuesday is you know Ravens fans spend the weekend watching games, you know, let's let's take a look around the NFL and see see how these these teams are looking. Okay, the Bills lose uh, to the Jets who the Ravens dominated in week 1. Okay, the Bills look like, you know, people were saying they weren't going to lose another game. Bills uh, by the, the way that the Ravens had on the ropes. Just BT, BT dubs. Yep, yep. Uh, and then the Chiefs need to go to overtime against Tennessee, and they look beatable. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, okay, so those are the top two teams in the AFC. Uh, why can't the Ravens be right. right there? I think there was kind of a feeling that, like, all right, you know, the Ravens have been pretty good, but it was the Bills, the Chiefs, and everybody else, that there was a pretty big gap there. Not so sure about that. Hold your horses a little bit. 
this Ravens team, I, I do think that, you know, and, and like I, I've said many times, it's it's tough to extrapolate too much from one game, but the Ravens are trending up, I think, steadily in, in the right direction, mm. right? It's been three straight, it's a three-game winning streak right now, and you just have seen them get better specifically on defense yeah. consistently, right? And And to me, that's a trend. When you see a trend, you can start to extrapolate. And and I just see the Ravens really kind of putting things together uh, for, I mean, it reminds, last night's win reminded me of the 2019 Ravens. Yeah. It really did, right? I mean, run the ball down their throat, pound them into submission in the second half, you know, spread the ball around offensively, not a big passing day, uh, and, and a, a pretty strong defense. Um, it, it just, it had shades of that for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that there's there's a lot of truth to that, and and I just, let's just start with the defense. I feel like typically we start with the offense, and it's it's easy to let's start with the it. offense. Let's all, flip the script. Yeah, let's flip the script a little bit because man, this defense like it 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 dominated. They gave up those points. You know the the one the touchdown that I mean I'm still not convinced that he was in bounds, but it was close. But Marcus Peters he thought looked, he was out, looked, and and then Chuck pretty in bounds to me. Um, and then I, I mean it was right on the line. I mean. I don't know. I'm not convinced that he was in bounds. Like Marcus Peters had a pretty good look at it. Um, he was adamant. And then I, I do agree. You know, John, Chuck Clark just lets him run by, and John Harbaugh made the point after the game. Like he thought he was out, and then if you hit him there, and he get a 15 yarder, then everyone say, "What are you doing? Come on!" He was clearly well, in bounds. Yeah, I don't know why we're talking about this play at the start. Of no, but, but anyway, uh, this anyway, all I'm saying down is, that, you know, that's no, like one last point on that. Hold on, wait, one last point on that. There's a difference between just blasting the guy when he's tiptoeing down the line and pushing him out of bounds. So like, you know, yeah, it doesn't so, have to yeah, be either or Just go ahead and give him a little flag. tap to give him a little but, tap to just to push him out of bounds. Yeah. You got to just, you got to, you got to make sure an usher, but, but like, you, what do you, what do you say after that? What do you say? Like, that's two veterans. Like they know yeah. that you can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, it's me, whatever. It ended up not hurting the Ravens. Thank God. And you just move on, and that's a play that nobody on the team forgets. Yeah, and, and so sure and so, happens. I only bring up that that play just to say that's that's the blemish. That's that's the that's the main blemish right. on the defense. Other than that, pretty darn good. Yeah. Um. You know, they had the two minute drive right before half, and and they get a field goal out of it. But the defense, just as a whole, they brought pressure. I mean, Justin Houston. <laughs> This guy has stepped into a time machine, and you know he's playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. Two and a half sacks and interception. He's been absolutely lights out over the last three games. First player in Ravens history to have two sacks, at least two sacks in three straight games. He has brought so much juice to this defense. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm on I'm on ESPN.com looking at the stat leaders right and and. Uh... Justin Houston's tied for the second most sacks in the league with Zadarius Smith and Nick Bosa with eight and a half behind Matthew Judon. Goodness gracious, with 11 yep. and a half. They still have Justin Houston's biopic is him wearing a Colts uniform. <laughs> Time to update that pick, guys. Come on, guys. I mean, he's. I guess he's playing like, you know, three years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> um, here's here's my here's my um, analogy on Justin Houston. OK, have have you ever run out of gas? No, because you probably have. You probably do a couple times a year. Oh, oh, of course. Of course. I've run. I like to live on the edge. I like to sometimes test the limits of things. And so, yes, I've run out of gas in my life. Right. And when you're about to run out of gas, when you're close, the car kind of uh, kind of sputters and, and it, you think you're going to die and it'll get a little burst, a little and you're like, Ooh, OK, all right. And it'll kind of do that for a little bit before it just 
And that's what it should be for 33-year-old pass rushers, right? They're kind of slowing down. You get little bursts here and there. They get a sack every once in a while. You know, guys like Justin Houston who have had these, these great careers. But then ultimately, you roll to a stop. This is a case of you're you're on E and you're just still pedal to the metal. You're just like <laughs> screw it. You're you're just I don't care. I'm going pedal to the metal till this thing runs out. That's Justin Houston, man. He's like I came back for one year and I'm give, pouring everything into it and just hammering it down. Yeah. I mean it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's been he's been he's been excellent and has really just made a huge difference uh, as a whole for this defense. The other thing with this, well, the big thing, the big thing is that the the four man pressure. Yeah. that's been a big change from previous years under Wink. Is that Mike McDonald is using a lot more four man pressures and not blitzing nearly as much. They did not blitz the Saints heavily at all, uh, which is making it. You know that works twofold, right? You have to get you have to win one on ones up front, which the Ravens are doing a lot of. You know Houston is winning a lot. Other guys are winning as well in on the interior and on the edges. And and now the quarterback has to hold the ball a little bit, you know, a fraction of a second longer, and that's helping the pass rush as well. So to get that four-man pressure is a big deal for this defense. And part of the reason that the Ravens are able to, to get that four-man pressure is because the secondary is playing so well right now. Yep. Marlon Humphrey had a great game, got a sack. Um seven tackles i mean he's had had another pass breakup in the end zone that yep. held them to a key field goal yep yep that was big marcus peters i know we, we talked about the one that you know the, the touchdown but i thought he had a really good game making plays both in the run game didn't really have much you know yeah. he had he gave up a pass play to Olave. i think um well they could have had a touchdown on him they yeah yeah touchdown. that one that was a that was a bad was one he, he guessed the wrong way on that but i think marcus peters is playing well and he's making plays you know, like in the in the run game, he's affecting the game in a variety of ways. So you got a secondary that's playing well. You have well, Kyle you know, Hamilton's he, playing well. Exactly. That's Don't what I was going to say. Out. Kyle Hamilton. You want to talk about steady progress? We've seen that from him over the last several weeks now. Just a little bit better each week. A little bit better each week. And I know that some people were sounding the alarm on him early in the season, um, but man, he has made progress the last few weeks. I feel bad for him. He, I, I that touchdown that he got taken away. The interception, uh, you mean? Yeah, the sorry, the, the interception got taken away. To use the words of Peyton Manning, that's a horrible call. A horrible call. So <laughs> I feel bad that he had his first career pick taken off the board. That's rough. But I didn't know that Peyton called it that. Oh yeah. Yeah. On the on the Manning cast, he was ripping that call. Which by the way, let's just pause right now. And you were watching the game at home. Me in New Orleans. Huge mistake by you. <laughs> huge. You never, golly day, you've been doing this long enough, Garrett, to know that you never, ever pass up a trip to NOLA. It's a I'm pilgrimage. Just, I'm just surprised it's that you It's a Ravens fan pilgrimage. I'm just surprised that you made it back. You're not still passed out on Bourbon Street. Oh, it was it was close call. Close <laughs> call. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, so so Peyton ripped that one, and I do feel bad for Kyle Hamilton that he lost out on that. Um, yeah, he, paid, he played 75% of the snaps. Yeah, which was a, a pretty big spike from previous. He was he was the Ravens' choice kind of in slot, in the slot, and uh, yeah, strong game for him. Which is like your to your overall point. I think the secondary is is playing very well right now. Yes, and you know let's let's throw out all the disclaimers. Right, this is Andy Dalton. Their their wide receiver core is banged up. No Michael Thomas. No yeah. Jarvis Landry. All that stuff, and and that's fair. I think you have to throw that stuff out there but yeah, it's not the it's not the chiefs or the bills offense of exactly course. i get it but but they're playing well i mean and even when you look back at the bills game you know josh allen didn't light up the scoreboard that game mm-hmm. 
and Stefan Diggs. You know, I mean, like the secondary is playing really well. I, I want to specifically shout out Marlon Humphrey, which is which is weird because, you know, he's all pro Marlowe, right? He's one of the highest paid cornerbacks in the game. And yet somehow he's having this like quiet Pro Bowl season that nobody's really talking about. Yeah. I mean, he's been one of the best one on one corners, if not the best in the league this year. Yeah. And and one thing that, you know, I think we talked to Marlon about this last season on the pod is like, you know, he he had some struggles last year. Like it yep. wasn't it just wasn't his best year before the the injury. Like he got beat deep on a few plays and stuff like that and and he's cleaned that up. He's playing a lot better. Um I I just think he's having a really bounce back is probably a strong word cuz it wasn't like it was a bad season last year by any stretch of the imagination. It was just like to his standards, it wasn't up to to snuff for his very high standards. And this year, he's like playing at that all pro Marlowe level. Yeah, I don't think bounce back's a, a you know the wrong word to use. I think that's probably accurate. I mean, he got he wasn't playing great, and he had some tough moments in big games, which he's you know been open about, yep. talked about. And then you get hurt, so it's like season not going great. Yep. Then you get hurt, yep. and then you just yep, ended totally. it on the shelf. And so it's it was just like a, a, a disappointing one two punch. Yeah, and for sure. In you know when he talked this off season about expectations, and he'd see some of the top corner lists, and he's not on them, and you know you pay attention to the, some of that stuff, and you get humbled by Good Morning Football in the cafeteria when the defense isn't playing <laughs> well. Like he pays attention to all that stuff, yep. um, and he's got high expectations, and he has he's been playing really well this year. I mean, and you're right. I don't know why it's not getting talked about more. Like maybe that's that's what we need to do on these podcasts, but he 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 hasn't. There's not much like buzz around him and his season. Yep. Um, but he has been. Him and Justin Houston have been probably the best defensive players on this team. Um, and yeah, Clay, I mean, Clay Campbell's playing Clay's, really well Clay's too. Clay is playing great. You know, there's there's a few guys. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. There's yeah. a lot of guys who are playing at a but, high but level. But I do. Right I, I think I think Marlon's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Um, and he deserves some serious props for that. Yeah. Gino Stone. I mean, have you, have you noticed like a big drop off, you know, and no point so far since Marcus Williams went down, are you saying, Oh man, Gino, like, dang, Gino, gosh, we need Marcus back on the field. You know, like you want Marcus back on the field. He's a playmaker, but Gino Stone's held it down. Um, and well, that's, that's, that's good. How have we, that's how I just say, or are we, are we burying the lead here again? That's what we do. Roquan, baby. Yeah. Roquan. Dude's a monster. Dude is a monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did not take him long to get assimilated. Man, no. he fit right in on this defense. Now, he didn't play 100% of the snaps. He played 76% of the snaps, 39 snaps. Um, I think probably next week he plays 100% of the snaps. I think it's probably going to be, okay, 75%, boom. All right, you're in there for every play. Uh, I think that's probably how it's going to go for him. But in those, And in those 75%, he – is a difference maker on on that third down stop that he just completely plugged up that hole. You see, like, okay, that's that's what you want from your middle linebacker right there. Oh yeah, that was more than plugging a hole. He put a wall on Alvin <laughs> Kamara. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, you see the sideline sideline speed. Alvin Kamara is one of the toughest guys in the NFL to to mark, right? And you see Roquan running around the field with him. It's impressive, you know. I mean, just kind of lassoing him even as a receiver Camara was held to 62 total yards and no touchdowns after scoring three touchdowns last week I'll take that right and so 
you see the backside pursuit from Roquan. I mean, dude, he's been really a great fit. I know it, it's early and it's whatever, but we live in the era of, of quick snap judgments and, and you get graded immediately. And in that world, I'm handing out the A plus 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 plus. Yep. This, this is the opposite of your report card. Okay, this is a lot of pluses. <laughs> um, so just, I think it really, to me, it reminds me of the Marcus Peters trade back in 2019. I mean, Eric DaCosta makes that trade. Dude comes out, picks six in his first game. Roquan didn't quite get that much. Wasn't that quite a big of an impact, but you see, immediately saw, oh, wow, Marcus Peters takes this defense to another level. And I think that Roquan Smith does the same. Yeah. Totally. Let's also, also, I just, on the Roquan topic, let's just talk for a minute about how well he's assimilated into the building. Mm-hmm. And like teammates after the game were just glowing about him, about the, what his preparation this week and how quickly he got the defense down and, and just the professional that he was all week, I think was impressive for everybody to see. And then when you see it translate to the field also and him making those plays, like Calais Campbell was talking about how the, you know, he he gives everybody in the in the defensive huddle more confidence. Like, and the guy's playing in his first game, and he's already having that kind of impact on everybody else around him, like raising everybody else's game. That's right. pretty awesome. Patrick Queen said, you know, he kind of frees him up to even play a little little more like the the missile that Patrick Queen can play like. You know, right. I mean, that that kind of ripple effect also is I think why the Ravens were willing to give up, you know, what they did to to bring him in. Yeah, I think that, like, I think with Roquan Smith, players somewhat similar to fans, like, he's a guy that you know. He plays in the NFC. First-round pick, top-ten pick, puts up a ton of tackles. And you're like, this guy's a really good linebacker. Like, yeah, good linebacker. I'm excited. But, like, you don't necessarily know a ton about who he is and how he conducts himself and how he carries himself. And, like, it's sort of unknown. He just is a guy that – Good linebacker that plays in was the a NFC. high draft pick gets a lot of tackles. But like exactly, you don't really watch him. And so then, like he shows up, and his preparation is off the charts. He's making sure that every teammate that he gets to know every teammate walking around introducing himself in the locker room. Um, he even introduced himself to the common yeah, man. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, I mean <laughs> introducing himself to media members. Um, yep. And you you kind of just get a feel like, oh man, this guy this guy is the total package. And players feel that way. I think coaches feel that way. Um, So, yeah, first impression, off the charts, both on the field and off the field for Roquan. This defense should be a top, top, I don't know, whatever, five unit the rest of the way. Like, why not? Dude, I, I was telling you. I was telling you, you were part of the alarmists. You were among the alarmists. When, did I, when was I part the of the alarmists? Oh, after the Miami game, you were the alarmists. You know, oh, is this secondary not all that it's cracked up to no. be? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, man, they have too much talent on this defense to be ranked last in the league. And and they're going to chip away at it. And they're going to show that they are a very good defense. And especially as they get players back on the field. You know, Tyus Bowser also made his debut yesterday early on, the, I think, on their first series. Gets a pressure unblocked and just kind of gets up on Andy Dalton real fast, makes him throw it away for a punt. Um, yeah, as more pieces come back, they add another piece in Roquan, and then with the talent they have, like, yes, I think all of our preseason predictions that we made when we were talking, you know, in our predictions podcast, like, this is going to be a top five defense and all that stuff, like, 
I don't know. I don't know if they'll end up there, you know, after the, the way they started last in the league. But I don't care because they're playing really, really well right now. And I think that they're going to keep roll, keep on a roll. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm trying to see where they are. They're, they're now to 19. Yeah. 19 in terms of total yards per game right now. It's, it's, it's hard to get to, you know, when they, they were 32nd by a wide margin after that Dolphins yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's hard to chip away. Well, there's still a lot of football left. Whatever. There, there's still a lot of football left. Um, but I, I do. I think that this defense is, is, is really good. Um, and, and, we're, and we're seeing that. So um, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting just looking at the snap count. Jason Pierre-Paul, only seven snaps. Well, he, he was being that he kind of came off the field limping at one point. Um, and yeah. so I don't know if that's something that's going to be, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a lingering thing or if it's just, uh, he got dinged up a little bit and now he's got the bite and he's going to be fine. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, all right, here's an email from Kyle. Uh, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Just as we're talking about Roquan Smith, he says, Hey guys, a complete, complete game. First to fourth quarter. Absolutely solid. Roquan Smith played a bigger role than it probably seemed. His ability to tackle was unreal, and he had Kamara's number all night. Uh, Houston's looking like he's uh, 25 years old, uh, sending Dalton straight to the ice bath, um, and how refreshing it feels to see chunk yardage plays from the run game. Uh, Last year, we were starving for big run plays, and Kenyon Drake is playing out of his mind right now, and I can't wait to see the bus back in action later this year so look this is a size them up tuesday kyle says so uh hits a few different points there uh we appreciate the email um i think this is probably a good time to flip it over to the offensive side of the ball but before we do that we want to take a quick break and say hello to our friends at DraftKings. as our listeners know the sports landscape is always changing this week is no different DraftKings is a leader in daily fantasy sports and it still has daily fantasy contests for those who are looking to have skin in the game it's simple. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a line of players. You try to stay under that salary cap, and then you sit back and you watch your points pile up. 
So now you know how to play. Download the DraftKings app today. Sign up using the code FLOCK. New users get a free entry with their first deposit. The code is FLOCK at DraftKings. I got another email here that'll that'll roll well into our offensive okay. discussion. This one comes from Jonas. He says, uh, hey, guys. Uh, he says, the subject line is, you know it's a victory win. Okay. He says, you know it's a victory win. Marlon Humphrey goes live on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, Jonas says, I live in Belgium, so I'm not able to check out late night games. I get up, up around 6 in the morning and try not to look at the score. But every time we win, I get a message that Marlon Humphrey is live on Instagram. So at that moment, I know the Ravens won. That's good. <laughs> uh, he says, I love the videos, especially when Tucker cracks his jokes. Tucker is, yeah, he's the star of the show, and Marlon knows it. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jonas says, really happy with the win, but our passing game is a little bit concerning, even though we didn't need it. What do you guys think? Will our passing game have to improve when we face other teams? Yeah, good, good email. So... Just uh, let's go through the stats uh, real quick on it. Lamar Jackson was 12 22, 133 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, the the leading receiver was Isaiah Likely with 24 yards, and that all came yeah. on one catch. Yep. Ten different and guys nobody, caught nobody, passes. Yeah. Ten ahead, yeah. different players caught passes. Yep. The running backs, the fullback, the tight ends, the receivers. Um, so not exactly a – and the Ravens only attempted six passes in the second half, I think the number is. So it was a ground-and-pound game, especially when they got to the second half. Kenny Drake carried the ball 24 times for 93 yards. They really rode him. Um, and Lamar, 11 carries, 82 yards. So, um, look, this is not like a standout day from the passing game, but it's the first game without Rashad Bateman. Well, it's not the first game, but it's the first game since he's done for the year. So – obviously a huge loss and then mark andrews who's been the ravens best receiver for you know three years now um doesn't play either and this was a a game where the ravens wanted to run the ball they did that effectively and they spread the ball around they said you know what rather than just say all right isaiah likely you're stepping in for mark andrews we're throwing you throwing you the ball 12 times you're gonna have a huge day they, they, they went into this game, and they said, we're going to spread the ball around and get everybody involved in the action. That was part of the plan going into this mm-hmm. game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, don't think that, uh, I don't think that the Ravens have to have a passing attack that lights up the scoreboard. Like, that's just not who they are. That's not who, what this offense is. It's not how they're built. It's, and, and with Bateman out for the rest of the season, I don't think it's really what we should expect moving forward. I just don't think that we're going to expect... 350 passing yards, you know, routinely from Lamar Jackson. I, in, and in fact, if the Ravens are throwing the ball that much, I guarantee that Ravens Twitter will be screaming, why aren't we running the ball? Well, and <laughs> you know you're I mean? probably losing. Yeah, and you're probably losing, exactly. And so, like, like I said kind of at the outset, this reminds me a, a little bit of the 2019 Ravens. Like, get out, get out in front of people and then grind them out and just wear them out with the run game in the second half. That's what they've done the past two weeks. Um, and so they don't have to have a dynamic passing attack. It has to be efficient enough and it has to be clutch. You have to hit in, 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 in key situations. And I thought the Ravens did that. And Lamar Jackson did that, you know, for much of the game, he kind of just took what the saints were giving him some escape pressure. A number of times found checkdowns on a few occasions and then convert on third down. The Ravens are nine of 15 on third down. That's pretty darn good. You know, you, you eat up the clock that way. The Ravens had, 
37, almost 38 minutes of possession compared to 22 for the Saints. I mean, that is a wide discrepancy. Like, if you play that way, even even though you're not putting up big passing yards, you're going to win a lot of games with that formula, as 2019 showed. Now, to the to the question, can that beat the best teams? Right. That that's that's what you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of that. Can that beat the Bills? Can that beat the Chiefs? You know, do you have to be able to get in a shootout with those teams? I am a believer. I just am that like. If that formula works in the regular season against really good teams and and like, you know, the, the Ravens went toe to toe and could have beaten the Bills in the regular season. I don't remember exactly how that game script played out, but it was a rainy day. I want to say the Ravens ran the ball. It was a pretty low scoring affair for much of it. Defense kind of held them in check. Like, I, I don't think that you have to have a running gun, big time passing attack to win the playoffs. I don't think there's one way to win the playoffs. I think if you're good, that translates to the playoffs. I, I just do. And so, you know, if the Ravens can play this way defensively and, and lock up teams, it's going to be hard to lock up the Chiefs and the Bills. But if they can keep them in check, run the ball really well, keep the other Mahomes and Josh Allen off the field. I mean, we're looking down the line here now. But I think I still think that this is a formula that can win in the playoffs. And, and I know people will disagree with that, but that's how I think. I think at the end of the day, if you don't go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, everybody's like, Oh, you can't win with that formula. Well, only one team does that from the AFC, right? The chances are you're probably going to lose in the postseason. That's just the odds, right? Only one team goes that far. And if you're not that team, doesn't mean that you have a broken formula. Yeah, I mean, look, I think think that the passing game um, will make improvements when Mark Andrews is back on the field. So that's one. I also think that it could have looked a lot better yesterday. Lamar had a couple layups that he missed, and he was talking after the game. How he was bothered about the fact that he missed Demarcus Robinson, you know, had a had you know a couple plays to him that he could have. Yeah, a touchdown that he yeah, missed could have gotten. Him and he had a, a key third down conversion that he missed in the yep. red zone. And so if he if he throws that touchdown to Demarcus Robinson, then you're looking at the passing stats. You're like, eh, not too, you know, uh, two touchdowns. You know, it's not a huge right. day, but you know, 200 yards and two touchdowns. You know, and then you control right. the game, and the, and then the score gets even more you know lopsided. So like, I think that there's there's. There's the, there is obviously room for improvement in the passing game. I don't know right. how much the Ravens have to. I, I agree. I, I don't think we're going to see too many 300 plus yard passing games the rest of the way. I don't think there's a whole lot of those on the schedule. But can the can the offense be good enough? And actually, not just good enough. Can the offense be really good with a dominant running game, one of the best offensive lines yeah. in the league? a quarterback that runs the ball better than anybody else in the league and spreading the ball around in the best tight end of the game. And then you spread the ball around to the, you kind of get, you know, a couple plays here from Duvernay, a couple plays here from likely Mark gets his eight catches. Um, you sprinkle in a few plays to the running backs. Like, is that a recipe to win? And I think it is. I think that like to what you're kind of getting at is like basically the question of do the Ravens need, like, can the Ravens win without a dominant, a dominant passing attack led by a stud receiver. And you look at the teams that have been in the championship games and in the Super Bowl over the past several years, they've all had that guy. Well, that's because that's because the Ravens are the, the NFL's anomaly. Like they're the only team that is like this. Right? So so whatever team goes to the championship, and yes, generally teams with like big time quarterbacks and all that stuff, like they're pretty good. Like the the best teams with the best quarterbacks usually win, right? But like just 
the the NFL like I think that people have to stop trying to take the Ravens offense and make it look like everybody else's to 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 say that that's what that's what it has to be to be successful. The Ravens are not going to be like everybody else's offense because they have a quarterback that is not like anybody else's quarterback. Yeah, I, I, right? I, I yes. Um I mean you've seen teams kind of change like like the Bills are a pretty good example. Like Josh Allen is probably the second best running quarterback in the league um behind Lamar. He runs the ball incredibly well and he'll yeah. run it even more in situations where they need him to in the playoffs. Um you know, and then they added Stefan Diggs and their passing game went to another level. They, they weren't the passing attack that they were before having Stefan Diggs on their team. Sure. So I think that, like, it's, I think it's, it's an easy thing to say, yeah, that's just not the Ravens' offense. And it's not, um, and we'll see if that's good enough. I mean, we'll, we'll, time will tell if that is good enough. Um, and I think that the Ravens, like, I look at the schedule and, the Ravens are not. Or the Ravens are going to be favored in every game the rest of the way. If you know, if they're putting out score, you know, putting out odds for every game the rest of the way, they're going to be favored. Yep. Uh, and so then you're looking at a fourteen and three season, if if it all goes according to plan, based on who's favored going into every game. Now there's a lot of football left, so you know we'll see how that goes over these over these next eight yep. games. But there's no doubt that this team is legit and it has the pieces on both offense and defense to be the best or second best team in the AFC going into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, right now I think that, and this goes to the age old debate when it comes to the Ravens offense of whether they should spend a lot of resources, whether it be draft picks or trade or, or free agency to get a big time wide receiver and try to, to go that route with Lamar. The Ravens have not gone that route. Well, they, they have. have invest- they, they, I mean, they, they've. I mean, they, they've used, used two, two first, first round picks. picks. Right. They haven't like traded and spent a. What they haven't done is spent a lot of money. That's correct. That's what they haven't done. Right? They tried, at times. I mean, they reportedly tried to get Juju for a big contract. Yeah. Was that one year? One year ten. Yeah, I think it was more than that. But yeah, they, I mean, they they've tried on guys. Um, him being an example. Anyway, what they've mostly done and what they did this past offseason is invest in the offensive line. They signed Morgan Moses. They used the first-round pick to draft Tyler Linderbaum. I would say that investment is paying dividends. Mm-hmm. Tyler Linderbaum's been great. Morgan Moses has been great. The Ravens have maybe, I don't know, I don't watch everybody else's offensive line play around the league, but I have to think that it's probably one of the best offensive lines in the NFL right now. And that can win games. I mean, right now, I think it's the Ravens' offensive line and Lamar Jackson are the strength of this offense. Yep. You know what I mean? And and we've seen it in back-to-back games now where and did you read the Saints quotes after this game? Yes. They I mean they basically just admitted, yeah, they were too physical for us. Yeah. They yeah. they ground they ground us down. And you know what? If that's who the Ravens are, I'm fine with the Ravens being that version of themselves. Oh, I mean, that's what I think the best version of this team. I think yeah. that what we saw last night is is the best version, just well, from not- a game from a game script playing out. You know, yeah. you're up big, you lean on the running game. Of course, there's some plays that you can hit there, but defense right. controls the game. Like, take out a couple plays that you you would like to have back that would make the score even more lopsided. But it's a it's a two score victory that you're in control of the entire game. You dominate the time of possession. You have success on the ground. You get a bunch of different guys involved. Like that is this team what you want identity wise this team to be, and that's 
The, the question will be, when you get to the playoffs, of course, can you play that type of football? Can And, and so far, I think the Ravens have. I, you know, it's always funny. I think it's sometimes a cliche, like, just on the running game and wearing teams down and the point there from the Saints. Like, sometimes I think that's a cliche answer. Like, oh, yeah, we just wore them down, and then the, and the running game just popped in the second half there, and, and that's how the game went. But, like, the last two games – the Ravens have done that against the Bucks and the Saints. They have worn those defenses down, and then they in the broke second their half, will. <laughs> Kenny Drake said after the game, "The human spirit can only take so much. The human uh, will, the human will can only take so much, and it yeah. just gets worn down." And I yep. think that's what happened last night. The Saints basically said that the same thing with the Bucks. And if you can, <laughs> if you can do that yeah. the rest of the way, then you're going to be looking at a whole bunch of victories. I mean, people are getting a big old dose of Pat Ricard. And when you got a, whatever, 330 pound, whatever he weighs, three, like when you got that big 450 dude, pounds. 400, 575 pounds of muscle. <laughs> when, you got, when you got Pat Ricard pulling on 46 offensive plays, 68% of the action, just thumping you time and time again at, you know, on the move when he's pulling, coming at you, it just eventually sucks. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't like this anymore. Please stop, sir. And right. and so that's what the Ravens are doing. They're just pulling guys. Le- I mean, that's always been kind of Greg Roman's scheme, but gosh, it feels like there's even more of that where he's constantly guys are pulling because Morgan Moses pulls so well. Ronnie Stanley's moving really well. The guards are doing a good job and Ricard. And it's just like constantly you have these guys coming downhill and thumping you and teams, they know likey. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, and and, and think- imagine when they get Gus when 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 the Ravens get Gus back. I mean, there's your physical downhill thumper too. There's your hammer in the run game in yeah. terms of the running back, and and so that's going to make them even more of a physical yep. team. Yep. And one other guy that I just randomly want to mention, who I think is like, I don't know that we've ever mentioned him. On the podcast, but he's playing Benjamin Victor. No, you got you're kind of on the right track on name. Ben Powers, you know Ben Powers was a guy coming into the season who I, I don't think I think a lot of people probably put him third on the list coming into training camp of who's going to win that guard spot. You're like it's going to be Ben Cleveland or it's going to be Tyree Phillips. You know they're bigger guys, and Ben Powers mm-hmm. just throughout the entire off season and training camp, he just won the job. And like there wasn't a ton of I guess excitement about that, um, but he's playing really well, and he's he's able to get out in space and, and make some plays as a pulling guard. Uh, he's got good grades from PFF over the course of the season. So I just want to give a little shout out when you're talking about the success of the running game. The offensive line is a, is the reason for that, a large reason for that. And Ben Powers is somebody who's playing really well in that group. Yeah, totally agree. I also want to give some props to Ravens Nation. It was impressive down there, the showing in New Orleans. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say it was like the Super Bowl when Ravens fans just took over that entire town, but it, it gave some similar vibes. And uh, it, it was really cool. Like like I said at the beginning, man, New Orleans has become a pilgrimage for Ravens fans with the history that they have there. They've won a lot of games down there, including the big one. And uh, it was just fun to see, you know, fans walking around everywhere. Uh, I got to meet a few fans who listened to the lounge, and and that was really neat. And then inside the stadium, I mean, that place gets crazy loud. I mean, 
early in the game when Saints fans were turned up, I was like, ooh, this is going to be tough for the offense to handle. And and they looked a little bit more jittery on their, their first series of the game, the offense did. Uh, but then I thought they, they did a good job. You know, the touchdown drive, I think it was on the second drive of the game, was huge in, in weathering the storm and kind of fighting off that early uh, excitement from Saints fans that had that place rocking. If the Saints had gotten out to a, a lead and, or they just stuffed the Ravens offense a few times to start the game, it would have been tough to really kind of get turn that around, I think, because it was electric in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we go, uh, we also want Ravens fans to know that uh, we have our kickoff kid contest running from Wawa. So do you know a kid who would love to score game tickets and a chance to take the field with the Ravens? Enter them for a chance to be recognized as the Wawa kickoff kid at an upcoming home game. You can do this by visiting BaltimoreRavens.com slash kickoff kid to enter today. So um, before we wrap here, I, I want listeners to know uh, obviously, it's the bye week, so this is this is time to relax. You know, this this is how you want to go into the bye week. Big win, first place in the division, control your own destiny. You get to sit there and root for every other AFC team to lose this weekend. Put your feet up on the couch. It's going to be great. You don't have to think about. There's nothing worse than losing going into the bye. You got to think about it for two weeks. So this is a great feeling. Yep. Um, what we're going to do, we are going to have a podcast that comes out later this week, kind of a big picture look at where this team stands. Um, at, at kind of the midway point of the season. So that'll come out later this week. And also as part of that, we're going to do another draft. We are going to do another Ooh, draft. Oh, yeah. So we have uh, – this is – Redemption. This is – Redemption time. Yeah, we, it's getting cold. It's kind of a chilly day, a little chilly morning. It's, it's getting a soup season. Soup mm-hmm. season. <laughs> the soup draft, We're going to do a soup draft. We're going to pick our favorite Campbell's soups and uh, draft them up. So that's going to be coming – Uh, in the next podcast as well. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back to you later this week. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.